Welcome to the Mystic Nerd Squad podcast, where I host candid conversations for the curious. I'm your host, Kelly Meyerson, and if you're curious like me, you're going to get excited about this episode. Hello, hello, good morning. I am really feeling good this morning. My guest is Hamali Vora. She is, of all things, one of the most dear people to me in this virtual space. We've never actually met in person, but we've had a very wonderful friendship and sisterhood um, writing books together. um, I was just saying to Hamali before we came on, Hamali is a physical therapist working holistically. I'm an occupational therapist. And I think when I met her, I realized we were so on the same path and really feeling this calling to take what we once believed as like our profession and understood it and what we were doing and then began to apply it and shift it into something that allows people to get so much more out of life than just a career profession, particularly for therapists, for caregivers. So Hamali, thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Um, I've had some amazing uh, conversations with you, and we always need a box of tissues when we are talking. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Especially the topic that we're going to talk about. Um, It it can get intense, and it can get overwhelming. And so, um, but thank you for this opportunity and just always great to talk to you and chat about what we both love. Yeah, absolutely. And and you'll see behind Hamali if you're watching um, in the replay or on the stream right now, the book Sacred Death, which I, I just did a vendor fair a couple weeks ago as an author. And so I have all my books like set up like they are behind me. And, you know, so many people walk by and like you see them look at the cover, they're drawn to it. It's beautiful. And they're like, sacred death, question mark, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And so um, I, I had a lot of conversations with people and I said, you know what, it's it is maybe a little off putting initially, like. There's something that's triggered inside of us. We're not supposed to talk about that and definitely not supposed to see it as something beautiful and sacred. And I think as I've talked to people and people have opened up and shared their experiences, it really is such a sacred and beautiful process. Um, I know you're an end-of-life doula. You do all kinds of healing work. Um, You host the Death Cafe which is for people to come and have open discussions. I just have to say personally, having had all these discussions and had the support about a different way of approaching someone's passing Mm -hmm. has been amazing for me. I actually had a friend say to me yesterday, um, you know, Kelly, this is crazy. Like you did these books Mm -hmm. And then, and you met these people, and then you're in this book, and you wrote about your mom. And like, 
like, it's just so crazy that that all lined up that way. And I said, you know, I've really learned to believe that the universe has a very specific plan for you. And the way in which things are presented are supposed to be that way. Um, So, yeah. So for me, Sacred Death was such a gift to be an author and to be with that group of wonderful giving human beings, including yourself, but um, also a tool for myself, even my own tool, like, oh, self-care for caregivers. Yes, I think I need to put that into practice for myself. Yeah. And we forget that sometimes, you know, when we are um, in the midst of things, we forget that, you know, we have this treasure chest, so to speak. And that's what these, all these books behind you, that's what it is. It gives you tools that you can do these things at home. And I promise you, the, all the tools, the modalities that are given, they actually work. They do. It's like, mm-hmm. and of course, in Sacred Death, you have, um, you know, these people, like all the authors, they've gone through um, some of these um, events. And, and we all, right, we forget that our bodies are really mortal and it is at some point um, going to end. Um, but that's only our body. And of course, that's, again, your beliefs and faith and you know what you think about it. The, but more and more, you look at research done uh, with people that are at the end stage. And they talk about different signs or they talk about different lights that they see. They talk about the loved ones that have already crossed over, that they're visiting them. And they're making sure they're telling them it's okay. They're telling them everything's going to be okay. We're here. We're waiting for you. Uh, We're waiting to receive you. Uh, It's nothing to be afraid of. Um, And yes, this is more for uh, people that are, um, I mean, we know this because they have told us the story or we've heard this. And sometimes we feel that, you know, um, when people talk about their, oh, I saw, or they start talking about, um, I saw my mom, or can you call my mom or dad? Like, this is like your elderly grandmother talking about that. You know, and you feel like, oh, my God, like she's hallucinating or something's wrong with her or um, and sometimes we medicate them because, oh, there's hallucination or um, they're not in the right mind. What is happening to them? Uh, But really, they're being visited. And then there is, yes, there is the part where somebody dies suddenly in accidents and things. Yet to know that we all are supported no matter what. Hmm. Every given moment and every given second. Yeah. And I'm sure like at this point you realize that um, when somebody is going through, like you had loss in your family and it's recent, it's like you're so vulnerable and you're, you're in that moment of grief that you are open to signs. You're open to like they say the whale is thinner and you're mm. able to communicate with the loved one that has passed, or you see the signs, or you feel that tingling, or this just kind of 
something going through your body, like an energy going through your body, um, a tap or, you know, something that's happening on your shoulder or something. And it's like, because we are in that quiet space and place, we are in that vulnerability to receive whatever there is, what that can happen. Continuously, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's, you are able to connect. You are, we all have the ability that GPS system, so to speak, you know, that intuitive gift, the gut feeling, all those things. It's like, but you have to be in that little bit of quiet receiving openness and I don't know we are going on a different direction but- I I love it though and I think I, I think what I love about that is that you know that gives kind of a picture for people who are listening because I'm sure there's people listening who are are having the experience of losing someone or it's recent for them and um you know I think we try to talk ourselves out of signs and things like that. Just like you said, you know, when, when someone is, you know, transitioning and, and they're they're potentially seeing other people and, you know, we think, oh, maybe something's wrong. We need to medicate them when really it's, it's those signs because the veil is thin. Um, and I believe that. I mean, I can, I can for sure feel that energy, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, um, so it's, it's, I think it's an important thing to talk more about because there are people who have probably been talking themselves out of what they thought might be happening because mm-hmm. it's not supposed to be like that, you know, or it's not okay to, to feel the, the sense of a loved one near, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I would say I, I firmly believe that, you know, there were, there were moments when my mom was sick, when I was thinking that, you know, wow, you know, there's something different happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how to explain it, but I can just feel the shift. Um, and we actually had a really fantastic, uh, palliative doctor in the hospital, who sat with me and talked to me and he was just this like beautiful spirit, mm-hmm. a young, like young, probably younger than, you know, yeah. a decade or so younger than me, maybe a, a newer, but he was just so kind and thoughtful and, um, you know, approaching the idea of hospice in the most mm-hmm. gentle way. You know, um, and I appreciated that so much because he was the one who was bringing so much reality mm-hmm. to my family. And um, and I felt a calling to listen to that versus listening to trying to continue to treat with medication um, and try to, you know, get a response. My mom had cancer. So, um yeah. And I just, I felt like that intuition, that gut feeling of this is, this is what you need. Yeah. And so it's how important it is to talk to our loved ones before a crisis occurs, to honor their wishes, to honor what their, um, what their 
what they want. How do they want their one hour, like that their last hour to look like? You know, what kind of music? What, what Who do, do they want to see? Uh, what are some of the wishes that they want to um, fulfill? Um, who do they want to speak to before? Um, it, it is so important. And it's, again, it's, you know, everybody's choices. And, um, but yeah, it, it's amazing. And it's, it's, it is important to talk openly about death, dying, the process. And sometimes the process can be longer. It can be years, months, even. Um, and we've heard about um, people talking about, um, you know, like the doctor said, you know, this person's going to survive only a month or so, but then they last for like two, three months or more. Um, mm-hmm. And then that weight constantly, that weight, you know. And so you don't yeah. do anything. You, you halt your life and you're like, you know, what is going on? Why isn't it working? And um, yeah, I see that. I, I've seen that happen. And yeah, but just honoring and talking about it openly. And, and it, it is not bad to, you know, we put these words when um, we deem some of these disease processes, like we're battling, we're fighting. Mm-hmm. We're, you, know, you can't give up. You can't quit. You can't. Um, sometimes it's okay. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you're giving up. It, it's time sometimes for those people. Mm-hmm. And they know when it is. Mm-hmm. And so as a family, it's hard to see. We want them to be around us. But, you know, just honoring that process. I tell you, everything happens in divine timing and divine mm-hmm. and yeah, we try whatever we extend our lives, but is it a quality life? Is that what you want? Yeah, what it is, and yes, there is. There, are, and and we are here to talk about like purpose and intention and legacy. And um, you know, when I took the end of life doula class, I didn't know how I was going to approach that. I mean, I. Just, you know, I did way too much. And I was like, okay, why? And I was intuitively led to that um, because, you know, I, I do physical therapy. And, um, I do a lot of Reiki energy work, quantum healing, uh, Akashic record reading, and then to add uh, end-of-life doula work. And so, yes, I help with more of energy help, helping the transition, um, clearing energy, releasing, just having these open discussion and conversation with clients and family members, really caregivers. Um, and what is, so when I had heard about digni- uh, dignity therapy or dignity work, and what it is is um, bringing this comfort. I'm sorry, I'm going to refer a little bit to this book. Yeah, <laughs> please do. Self-healing volume four in my chapter is, um, Chapter 20th, actually, um, legacy work, living with purpose. And um, and so uh, dignity therapy is developed by Dr. Harvey um, Max. Um, and it's really assist and relieve psychological and existential distress in patient with end of life. And really, um, legacy work is like a life review, so to speak. And 
uh, a chance to see the opportunity that exists in every moment to change, to correct the wrongs and be the love and light that we are. Hmm. Really. And so then my thought was, why do we have to wait? Why do we have to wait till our end stage to review our life? And the same thing, I think, with physical therapy, my shift and change happened. Like, why do we wait till a crisis occurs? Mm -hmm. Like somebody has a heart attack or they have a stroke or, um, God, get me better and I will I will take care of myself after that. Mm -hmm. If I get better from this, I will do this. Like, we then start negotiating, <sighs> right? And it's like, why do we, after we already know, we have these nudges, we have these, so to speak, warning signs coming to us about our body, about our um, anything that's not working out for us, relationships. But we hang on to that small string, you know? And to find yep. out when I started doing, um, I just wanted to openly talk about death. And mm -hmm. death could be of um, death of a loved one, you know? And if you look at it in smaller ways, death could be of when you're moving to a new place, that death of that, that relationship with that house that you had, whatever it was, a relationship, death of our old self and moving into the new. Mm -hmm. um, even like, uh, especially like if clients with Alzheimer's, patients with Alzheimer's, it's like the family. It's almost like you are already experiencing the slow death of the person that was. Yeah. And, and then actually the body that leaves at the end. So it's like you're experiencing this grief and loss multiple times with this person. Yeah. It's so hard to see and process what is going on and why like this vibrant person, um, you know, self-made person, um, person that was so giving and caring and loving is going through this. Mm. And we feel it's suffering and pain. Um, and so it's like just these unknown territories that we're so uncomfortable talking about. Yeah. And, you know, when I started doing, we had, like, for the class, we had to, um, you know, these questionnaires to do where you can, um, you know, you, you ask any friends or anyone to participate in terms of legacy work. You know, how did you impact? Like, we always feel that we haven't done enough. And we think that for <laughs> us to make a difference <laughs> In a grand scale, you have to lead this big organization, nonprofit organization, and do work out there and um, just be. And I, you know, when I was talking to a dear friend, and she is like, you know, I, I don't think I've done, you know, much in terms of grand scale. I was like, but what would you tell your kids? Like, how have you left, led your life and stuff? And I was like, let me just hold you right there and tell you. When my dad passed away, he was always there. Mm. Like her presence, her calm gave me this comfort. Mm -hmm. Just her being there. She didn't ask me, do you want me to do anything for you? Do you want me to bring you food? She's just, you know, like bowl of salad. That's it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
just being there listening to us and letting us go through these ups and downs. You know, you have these moments when that is happening. It's like you're celebrating, you are crying, you're laughing, you are. And then it's like, then you're just talking general things and you don't know how to act. You don't know right. how to be. You don't know what to think. It's like you're just going with emotion. Yeah. There are some souls that are there. And I was like, you understand, like you were my comfort mm -hmm. at the time that I needed. That was other than family members. Right. Who was there. Right. And she's like, well, but that's who I am. That's what I was like, that is your life. Exactly. That is yeah. To world. Yeah. And knowing that, you know, even if it's a smile, even it's, and um, at one point, like I was last year, I was at one of my uncle's, um, like dear uncle's funeral. And I saw the grandkids and then um, like the, the kids, um, you know, my cousins and their kids and like some of the great grandkids. And I was like, and seeing the, the strength and power in a, and the way he has guided everyone. It's like almost like, that is, these are his legacy. Mm -hmm. I mean, they mm -hmm. heard talk and he could be just his energy. Like with me, I was just, I would sit with him and just felt his energy and we would tease each other and he would literally like pull my leg and really tease me and things. And that was my relationship with him. So everybody has like, you have these different relationships with everybody and you share energy with different people differently. But yet you bring this love and, and really comfort. And so mm -hmm. just realize that you don't have to have so, so much money. You don't have to create an organization. You don't have to have big education and, you know, like you're like educated and no, anybody. And really that's what from my dad's, that's how I started really. To see mm -hmm. what his legacy has been. He was two when both his parents died. He mm -hmm. his, you know, he was raised by a village, his brother and, you know, um, brother's wife and um, other families around, his friends, moms and everyone. It's like, but yet he was self-man, you know, self-made man. And he was able to help so many people. Wow. The stories they told about him getting yeah. a job, getting, a, um, you know, even finding a relationship or getting married or uh, finding college, getting college ad admission and all this in India. And it's like, um, that that's enough. Like you've helped this person yeah. move so much. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't, and it can be in any moment you can change that and shift that. And so if you you see that book on Kelly's right and, and, and to whoever is listening to the audio, on the top right, it's self, um, the ultimate guide to self-healing volume four and chapter 20 uh, is what I've written if anybody wants to read that. And, you know, um, but yeah. Yeah, I think that's so beautiful. And uh, it's funny because when I, when I was, speaking yesterday um at my mom's celebration of life and 
legacy was one of the things I was talking about and, you know, how I'd spent some time really trying to figure out, like, how do you take somebody's life and the beautiful things that they were committed to and doing and continue that? And it, and it really honestly came down to, just like you were saying, those small things that you do as you for other people, you know, that seem so small and insignificant, but they're really not. Those are the things. Those are the meaningful moments and interactions that change people's lives, Absolutely. you know. Yeah. Like what's coming is like one of my um, very dear friend, best friend, when I was in high school in India. And I would hang out with, at her house. And her mom, it's like she took me as her own. I was her third child almost. And the courage and just comfort that she gave me, other than my mom, it's like you have these people in your life that really, you know, I can look back and I was like, at the time as a teenager, I needed that outside motherly, you know, different Mm -hmm. kind of approach um a figure somebody who would guide me in ways like no you're enough mm-hmm. no you're good and no you're doing a great job yeah so you know my kids always say when i say oh my god you're so beautiful or um you're so smart it's like you you have to say that because you're my mom it's like you're my mom you <laughs> Oh my goodness! Beautiful. I was like, you are beautiful. Oh, inside out. You know, you're a beautiful soul, and you know they still don't get it. But I point out some of the things, and but they think, well, you're my mom. You have to say all these things, right? Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and you don't have to be old. Like you know, even kids leave their own legacies. Mm Hmm. Like. You know their their wisdom. There's so much to learn. I know my uh, my kids are my guides, my teachers, really. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, they teach me so much every day, and they make sure that I practice what I preach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Accountability. <laughs> you don't have to go anywhere. You know. Right, right. That's so true. Yeah, they will. They will definitely. Hold up some truth in front of you. Yeah. 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 I think that's so true. Yeah. You know what? And I think think what's so beautiful about that is the simplicity, the ease, Mm -hmm. the permission to, you know, tune into yourself and figure out what is it that I have to offer people in the world and then just do that. Enjoy, you know? Enjoy and enjoy. Like really that to me is is a legacy to to model for other people how you can shift and choose something different that feels more true to you. And that that opens up doors for people when you don't even realize that's what it's doing. Absolutely. And it could be as minute as, you know, it's just like sharing your recipes you know, cooking, and that's what it is, right? At the end stage, it's like you are wondering, did I matter? Did my life matter? Did I do anything? 
that was good. Not so much, maybe a little bit of fear, like of the unknown, what is going to happen, or what we've heard in terms of, you know, are we going to be judged for whatever we've done? Mm. And um, are we going, where are we going? Are we going up or down? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I, when I worked at nursing homes and even sometimes um, hospitals and trach units, and I said, there is no bigger hell. Heaven and hell is right here. It's how hmm. you do it. Have your mind with it. You, whatever you do, you, you pay it right here. You don't have to go anywhere yeah. to do that. And, and the same thing, shift can happen within your mind within mm. your mindset it's like what it's what you're creating in your mind is it heaven that you're living in or is it you know hell it's like are you concentrating and focusing on the pain the suffering the duality of everything you know yeah. It, it's yeah so yeah i think that that is definitely that's definitely true that you know the either or you know, we're here, we're experiencing both. Yeah. And I think so much of what we try to make sense of is just not, it's not something we can make sense of because we're trying to put our brains around it in in a 2D, 3D world. And, you know, what that is, is just, it's beyond that, our mind's capacity to figure it out. Exactly. We can tune into our heart and our intuition, and that might tell us a little bit about what we believe. But I found, you know, just in the past couple of years, learning to trust my intuition more, there's more answers to be found there than anywhere you can search on Google, you yeah. know? And that tuning in, like, what do I really feel is, is truth, mm-hmm. you know? that there's some place where people go and suffer. I don't, I don't think so, you know, but I don't, I don't feel that. Yeah. Thinking is one thing, but I don't feel that. I feel that there's peace and pure love and, you know, whatever that looks like. I don't think it's something we experience with our five senses. It's something that is only felt that the entrance is through your heart and your soul, your solar plexus, right? To to feel into that. But that when I have felt lost in that, that what what is this all worth? What's going on? I don't feel safe. I feel uncomfortable. That when I've been able to get into my body, to to root myself into being part of this planet Earth, and to tie myself to wherever it is up in the heavens, whatever that looks like, that other, you know, place, for lack of a better term. And I feel connected to that and supported by my spiritual team. Then I don't feel so small and alone. Mm-hmm. I feel the message that you're not ever. You're not small. You're very significant. And you're not alone. And you're a soul in a human body having a human experience, not the other way around. So if we think that way, then we're here to grow and to learn and to experience life and um, 
to be able to connect with other souls who are doing the same thing. And to me, that that can be a beautiful thing. Absolutely. And I think it's also has to do with the energy that we, you know, um, go with. And people think energy is something that is, um, again, it's like if you do quantum physics and everything, if you, we know that we are, you know, we are made of trillions of atoms. Mm-hmm. And we know that the atoms are in constant motion. Mm-hmm. And so what are they doing when they're constantly in motion? They're vibrating and they're creating this greater vibration, frequency, energy. And because we're like trillions and trillions of atoms in that motion, not only are we creating energy within us, but around us. And that's mm-hmm. what our is. And what happens when some of these atoms are stagnant, they're not moving in the right direction or they're slowing down there, you know, because of something is going wrong or some emotions are stuck, you know, what is happening to that? Like we know we're made out of 60 to 70% water mm-hmm. and that's what is outside. We've seen what happens to water that is stagnant outside. It invites a disease process, mosquitoes, all that thing. What happens to the water that is stagnant within our body? Mm. Due to to trauma, due to pain, you know, these things that you can't, but there's, it is there, your emotions are there. They just don't go away unless you, you know, working on them, trying to heal it. So energy is so much bigger than, you know, people realize and kind of cut off from. Because mm-hmm. they don't understand again anything that yeah. you don't understand um, <laughs> it is uh, deemed evil or you know um, unwanted, undesirable, unconventional, unconventional, right? Or these things that have been practiced now has become alternative <laughs> for years. <laughs> I know. know. When I was reading an article yesterday about uh, something about Reiki, and they're like, "Yeah." It does, it, it, you know, if you have insomnia, you know, it, it relieves stress, it relieves um, the sleep issues, it relieves uh, pain, it helps with, uh, you know, it fastens your healing process and stuff, but we don't know if it works. <laughs> like, people all over the U.S. and they're using in hospitals and everything, and this is a medical author that wrote this article. And it's like, yeah, but we don't know if it works. Okay. You know? Okay. Yeah. Well, and it's like that, that like, and this is, these are the conversations that I get excited about, like that yeah. science versus the mystical piece of things, which is basically, it's all the same thing. Right. So, but, but this idea that there's gotta be proof. Yeah. You know, the the wind blows, but we don't see it. Yeah. We see evidence it was there. Maybe we don't see energy when somebody is getting a Reiki healing, but someone is experiencing healing. It's evidence it was there. Yeah. It happened. I mean, there are some um, photographies, like it's uh, certain photography uh, in one of the healing, like if you... Um, William Lee Rand, he's one of the 
the founder of um, International Reiki org. And then he, like, they've done these photos where he is giving Reiki and they've taken mm-hmm. it out of his hand and they've seen uh, light energy. Like, I haven't seen Amazing. color, but like um, white around and then the violet a little bit inside and a little bit of blue coming through mm. from the fingers or hands. And so, and people have felt it. Yes. It's, it's, it's the power <laughs> that we possess. When people feel that they're able to do astral travel, like go beyond their body and, you know, be and feel that peace and calm, it scares them. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's like, like, wait a minute. And then they have to do the work. You have yeah. to go and do the work. I know. Um, not easy. It is not easy to do healing for yourself. Um, and so to find out what our purpose is, it's like really you have to go within the intuition. The, and when I say like living with intention, it's like every moment thinking, are we, um, you know, how is our thought about ourselves and about everyone? Is it loving? Is it, are mm-hmm. we criticizing ourselves, judging ourselves or others? And, you know, like, what kind of energy we're in mm-hmm. you know they have like done studies where depression anger all those those energies vibrate at like in their 50s or 20s and when you are doing um when you're in that neutral or the calm the peace it's like 200 and enlightenment happens at 700 mm-hmm. you know so it's like but at every level, it's not just one. Like, so it has to be physical body or bliss or pleasure body. You are um, the, these sharir, so to speak. It's called the bodies, uh, the mind, the mental and emotional body, uh, spiritual, ethereal body. So it's like, you know, how are you vibrating at every, like all of these and mm-hmm. not your physical, you know, so how are you uh, carrying yourself? You know, how are you feeling about yourself? And self-worth, self-esteem, all those things come into play. Are you being truthful, authentic? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you have to stand up for yourself. Sometimes you have to be um, um, open and you have to... Like, I like to go into my shell. I don't, you know, it's like, I want to be seen and heard. But then now it's like, oh, I'm being seen and heard. And that's scary. It's a little scary. I I go back to my shell. Like, I don't want people to know what my gifts are. I don't, I want to help Mm. people. But at the same time, you know, so we all have these gifts and healing ability. We can heal ourselves. Mm -hmm. And and there is like, there doesn't have to be a middleman to reach the source. You can reach the source. You know, it's like that whole concept that is shifting and changing. And so figuring out what is it that you love? What brings you joy? What brings you into alignment um, in every step? And it's like when you start, like when are you in your element? What mm-hmm. are you doing that you're in your element? 
because I say all these words and sometimes my husband says, well, these are two big, big words. Tell me what does it mean? Like you have yeah. to break it down like you're breaking it down to, for that kid, you know? And so, yeah, when are you in your element where time, space, everything is just like stops almost. Yeah. That feeling of joy and bliss that nothing else matters. You're not worrying. Your mind is not racing. It's not going in cycles with thoughts. What is that? Painting, drawing, coloring, you know, planting, gardening, running, walking, you know, and you can create, you know, like, okay, so how can you create legacy? Invite people to walk with you, run with you, create a club or just few kids. And there's so much that it's simple. Like you said, it, it doesn't have to be grand and it, the life can be very simple. We complicate it so much. We do. We do. And you know, it's, I, I love the idea of following joy and that like for me, when I'm working with people, improving their, their well-being, um, improving their sleep, I'm like, you have to capitalize on joy. Yeah. You know, the the old model of like when you're going to change your habits, it's going to be like grin and bear and push through. Yeah. I mean, yes, the science says it does take those, you know, you have to continue doing it with 10,000 times of a repetition, right? That's the motor learning theory. There's, you know, it takes about 66 days to uptake a new habit on average, right? So that's that's the cool science, right? And you know, it used to be 21 days. And yeah. I'm like, it's 21 days for so long and that's not scientifically what it shows. And people are probably getting through their 21 days like, I'm still not here, it's not yeah. happening. Yeah. It's not saying that you can't fast track something. But for me, if you if if the average is 66 days to, to take on something new, mm-hmm. then how do you wrap yourself around investing in that so much so that you, you don't have to push yourself through? Mm-hmm. That you just easy and simply just continue to do it because it feels better than the alternative. And that, that of course, is, is change theory. Like you have to tip the scales in the psychological favor that staying the same is less desirable than changing, yeah. right? So that's all the science. But I love the simple fact that all you have to do is sit quietly and think about what makes you happy. Like you said, what lights you up so much that you lose track of time and just do that. Yeah. I'm like, can we start with that from day one? Like, what is bringing you joy and you know we we have all these hints and i think sometimes the it's social constructs that get in the way or our own mindsets that get in the way um you know but that's what i love helping people with like just open yourself up to the possibility that you could be happier in your life and you could choose to live from a place of joy and you could choose to change things and make them better by using joy and then you're you're hijacking your brain and you're like come along for the ride this is going to be fun we're going to repattern this yes the science is there you know but we don't need smoke and mirrors we're just going to make it enjoyable exactly and it could be like you know what vision i was getting is like just you walking and saying hello to people and saying hi like 
sometimes that even stops, you know, when, especially 2020, the pandemic, mm. we were walking through woods and people stopped saying hello. And I would say hi and smile and while we were wearing masks, but I'm hoping that, you know, my eyes were smiling. And, uh, <laughs> but, um, but it's like, okay, can anyone say hi? Uh, it, it, it was just like, I was taken aback that we were just kind of disconnecting from everyone because in that fear. Yeah. What that means. And, um, but it, it's just that. And, Sometimes we, we live in this instant gratification, right, world mm-hmm. that we want everything to happen right away and that we try something for a few days and it's not working. Mm-hmm. You have to work, like, do the same thing for, some, you know, maybe five, six months to even get results. A year. You try and fail and try and fail. and um, but, but it's okay because then you're learning. It's not like anything is going for waste. Mm-hmm. you're learning, you, you find better ways. Um, you can create something and help people create that if they, mm-hmm. you know, they want that. So it, it's, it, you can, you know, I have uh, cousins who have like adopted these Afghan family, like refugee families. And stuff. It's like you're doing just, even if you change one, per- you help one person. Mm-hmm. Like even smiling or taking them if they need ride or that's still doing that is your legacy. That's what you carry through. You yeah. Know, we might think it's little, but it's not. It's not. The other person that you've helped um values you so much and thanks you mm-hmm. for just that little shift. Just that little when they needed the help, you were there. And we get into yeah. this thing of asking people, oh, just let me know. Let me know if you need help. Let me know if you need food. Let me know. But really, you know, we don't, like, we go in, like, I'm here. What do you need me to do? Mm-hmm. Like, are we, we are also people that it's very hard for us to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. Because we have been taught to give, give, give. And we oh, have man. not learn and not give ourselves, you know, give others. But you have to know what that giving feels like. So you have to also know what that you have to let other people give right to you. And so it's okay to receive. You have to learn how to receive gracefully with gratitude and not feeling that you don't deserve that. Like it's always comes back to that whole self worth, self self respect, you know, all those things. Like because you don't feel like you've done enough. Like wow, why are they talking so nice about you? Oh my god, did I really make that difference in their life? It's like you still don't believe that that you can have that much impact. Yeah. So, it could be, you know, you living like some of these experiences that you've gone through. You're teaching people through your experiences. And that's all that matters, too. That's so true. Yeah. It's like yeah. so many things that will like mind blowing things that as simple as that, that could be that is your legacy. And we think that it has to be a major grand thing that changing worlds and 
you're changing one person's world. Even if you change your own world, that is enough. That is your legacy. That's what I was going to say. I was that, you know, and we could get into some of the, those deeper pieces of things and, you know, some of the um, ancestral lines and, you know, wow. repetitive, you know, experiences that people have had. And you make that shift and you're not only healing yourself, you're healing generations to come, you're healing generations behind. Um, and I think that learning about that and it and that does take a bit of a mind bend right for people to kind of grasp that um it's a little bit of a bigger a bigger bit of trust and faith in in that but you know i just i see even like as a parent the the patterns that you have in yourself and the mistakes that you feel you've made in your life when you work on healing those you're modeling that for your children. And I, I think that vulnerability, if you can be that vulnerable with your children and to to teach them how you learn the lessons and choose different and, you know, choose better is is enormous. Absolutely. Allowing some of those tantrums and emotions to come through is like, I'm sorry. Children are supposed to can have bad days too. We have it as a You're right. Like, why can't have bad, you know, kids have bad days? And and I'm saying all this. I'm not judging anyone. Oh, my God. No. I'm there. I've been there. And I this is it. advice we're giving ourselves right now. <laughs> and seriously, so um, it, it's about, you know, yeah, it's it's what you pass on through them. It's like, and that was one thing I, I shifted because I used to be so angry. And I was like, I want this anger to stop at me. And I mm-hmm. over, and I would feel so bad about myself in terms of I'm a bad mother because, or I'm not, you know, because I'm passing this on to them. You know, I'm traumatizing them. You know, we always joke about our kids will mm. go to therapy for this one. You know, it's like no, yeah. you can you can create this therapy right here. And oh my gosh, it's so true. Help them, and you know, I've said that many times. Like even they say, okay, toileting and all those things, right? As little as the babies, that oh my god, you're traumatizing them. You're you're forcing them to do these things and um, reading, you know, these success and what it means to you, behaving, and you have to be these robots and proper and can't smile, can't you know, can't run, can't do this, can't. It's literally, it's like more cans than they can do something. Right. Believe me, people, I was that. I was a helicopter mom, and it is a hard work to step back and observe and let them fail, let them fall. But I'm always there to pick them up. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, I, I think all of it, that the heart of it is is that piece of self-love, which I know is something really important to you in the work that you do, like fostering that. Because it's it's learning that distinction between like giving to others like you were just talking about and giving from yourself versus from your overflow. Oh, absolutely. And... and that I know is the lesson that I needed to learn that anytime I'm giving from myself, it's never the right energy. Mm. It's always going to deplete me, 
you know, and, um, or it can, it's a short term option because I can't continue to function that way. And I did that for so many years. I, I like really pulled solely from like my personal capacity and burned myself out over and over and over again. And when I finally got that lesson of, you know, it's filling my cup and then when there's some overflow, that's when I'm giving. That's what I'm giving. So I don't, my self doesn't feel depleted. It's, it's, and it's not what I fill myself with is not coming from me. Yeah. It's tapping into source. So it's when you learn how to turn on the tap, whatever that looks like for you. Is it meditation? Is it running? Is it painting? Is it, you know, talking with others? Whatever it is that fills you up that you can turn on that tap and have accessible to you, that then you're available to give because the tap is on. It's just running and it's continuously overflowing. So you're never going from your own cup. Yeah. So balancing yeah. and centering yourself, right? It gives oh you my gosh. more clarity. You come from more love and kindness and compassion than mm-hmm. this aggressiveness. Then mm-hmm. like, why isn't this happening? Or the lack of mm-hmm. things. And so especially caregivers, healthcare workers, you know, I'm, I've been in both position and it's like, it takes a lot out of you. And so yeah. you have to learn to step away. You have to learn to create healthy boundaries. Yeah. I mean, um, especially with death and dying, it's like when you are caring for someone that has been abusive to you, Mm. how do you deal with that? Mm. And, you know, and then knowing when it's okay to walk away. When it's okay to we feel like I would love for people to, you know, read like in Sacred Death, these authors have offered so many um amazing stories and tools and kelly herself in that you know how do you give from your overflow how do you create healthy boundaries how do you see the whole you know the process of dying and or grief and loss and it's not one straight line there's no start and there's no end and there's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad. Mm-hmm. It's just whatever it is for you and how it looks for you. Yeah. The person that you've loved for their lifetime, you're not going to stop loving them. You're going to grieve them until you die, mm. you know, or your body dies. So that continues, you know, and and so really coming from that um, that pure, that unconditional love mm-hmm. um, for yourself first. <laughs> yeah, self is so important because yeah. you know you ask people, you want other people to make you happy or love you, but you don't know what it feels like. So you have to first discover so to speak uncover what it is that love means to you with respect with value so you have to value yourself what you offer you, what you respect yourself 
not with ego or you know again right like everywhere it's like this fine line yeah between you know the shifts where you would go it's like this gray area so to speak there's a line and then there's this gray area and then there is that it tips over to the extremes of both ends you know yeah how do you look at that yeah Oh my gosh, this has been such a great conversation and and hugely healing and therapeutic for me. So I appreciate that. And and like I said, I I really think having these conversations that may initially feel a little uncomfortable or hard to have, um, I think it really opens us up to to lighten things up a little bit for ourselves. So. Before we go, I just want to give you a chance. How can people connect with you? Where can they find you? Um, obviously, um, you want to get a copy of Sacred Death. I also think it's a, a really lovely gift for someone who has um, experienced loss in their life or they're going through it. Um, the tools in there are phenomenal. Um, how can they connect with you and find you on social media and all the places? Um, my email address is tamalivora1 at gmail.com. They can email me or they can find me on um, facebook.com, um, uh, Coach Himali, or Instagram, I'm underscore happy, underscore healthy, underscore you as letter U. Um, yeah, and DM me, message me if you need to get in touch with me, or if you have uh, one of the books, um, The Sacred Death, 25 Tools for Caregivers, um, that has all the information, not only um, for myself, but other authors that can help you with. Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, I wish you continued healing and happiness. I'm, I'm so proud to be part of this project and and very happy to know you and to have you in my life and and i appreciate so much you coming and talking with us today well, and thanks. uh thank you and thanks everybody for tuning in or for catching the replay be sure to like comment and share with anyone you think um this content could be super beneficial and we'll see you next time have a good one guys You have been enjoying the Mystic Nerd Squad podcast, Candid Conversations for the Curious. If you found value in this podcast, please follow, like, and share. And if you have a moment to spare, go ahead and give us a review. If you'd like to know more about me, head over to beingwellwithkelly.com. Be well and follow your curiosity. You never know where it may lead you.